We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Happy to welcome in for the ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls, the athletic director at the University of Montana, Kent Haslam. Kent, thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I mean, the sun shines out, so I feel good. That's um, right. But no, no, doing really well. And um, uh, navigating every day seems to change. My head spins in a different direction, but uh, overall, uh, things things are really going well. Well, that that is uh, certainly seems like a reasonable place to start because this is uh, obviously unprecedented, and part of what it is to 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 do what you're doing is try to get through, navigate the right word, the the, the times that we're in that are kind of unprecedented, and figuring out as it changes each day. Let's start with the with the Champion Center, which opened uh, was set to open on June first. I believe still set to open on June first, and had a number of parameters, a lot of stuff in there on how that was going to be governed and administered, and then yeah. Yesterday, Steve Bullock comes out and says, well, we're starting phase two, June one. And so I'm wondering how much has shifted in the way, uh, you know, what's going to be allowed or what's going to be available for players to do as a result of that, if anything at all. Well, one of the significant um, changes is certainly the lifting of that travel ban. And so we had started the process of getting student athletes who wanted to come back and work out uh, voluntarily getting them back here into the state of Montana so they could do that 14-day self-quarantine, which will still happen. I think that's a good plan anyway. It expands our groups so we can get them bigger. But I think as we start this back up, um, I think staying in those smaller groups to start is a, is a prudent plan, and um, I, I uh, honestly need to, to re, uh, reconvene with Brandon Ronan and uh, Rachel Ronan and Matt Nicholson and J.C. Wyda and our athletic training staff just to see what adjustments they would like to make. But there was a lot of thought, a lot of work that went into that plan, and, and so really the only change would be that, uh, that that quarantine's no longer there, and then the groups can expand. So we'll see see how we how we have to adjust that but that's right now we're going to stick with that uh starting on june 1 and i know you guys are just tracking division one council ncaa events just like <laughs> like the, like they were the best things ever you got it on the uh, ticker, like it was man, yeah. like it was your version of the last dance i know you've just been riveted to all this stuff but um uh, but but the division one council did announce today uh, which Jean Gee is a member of our, 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 our senior women administrators, a member of, she's the Big Sky Conference rep on that Division One council, that they are allowing uh, voluntary workouts starting June 1. We expected that to happen, and that's kind of when we, we went, why we went forward with that June 1 deadline. But men's and women's basketball, along with uh, football, can start voluntary workouts on June 1. So that's good news, too. Ken, thanks so much for being with us. Um, so much of what Ryan and I have talked about for this entire situation regarding life and sports and everything is just, there's a lot of information out there, but we don't really know where the information is coming from. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of uncertainty. So when it comes to the University of Montana Athletic Department, how do you go about your day-to-day in terms of just acquiring information when it comes to doing things like keeping the athletes safe? Because I'm sure that's the number one priority in this situation when you're talking about getting back together for group workouts and things like that. Where are you pulling from to, to have sort of your pool uh, to, to make these decisions and make these plans like you guys have been making? Well, it starts first, obviously, with NCAA rules. So if the NCAA came out and said, hey, no voluntary workouts till July 1, that pretty much defeats any uh, 
social distancing, disinfecting, mask wearing plan, right? So that that changes it. So certainly you have those NCAA directives, and and then you go to the Big Sky Conference. We'd already crossed that back in mid-May when the President's Council voted to, uh, to shut everything down till May 15th, and then the uh, President's Council voted to say, uh, go ahead, state by state, you come back when you feel it's safe. Uh, and so that those are two places that we, you get a lot of direction. Obviously, we reside inside the, of the state of Montana. I know that's no surprise to anybody, but we reside inside the state. So we've got those, those uh, uh, governing um, principles or those guidelines that we have, hence the 14-day quarantine and, you know, the, the group sizes, those type of things. And then we are in a county that will interpret those. And so you look to how that jives with the county and then on our own campus. And, and there's a lot of, uh, boy, I can't, there's so many, uh, I'm on more Zoom meetings, guys, than um, I should have bought stock in Zoom. Just right. because, we said that same thing here the Big Sky Tournament. Oh. We should all bought stock in Zoom. Yeah, it's just uh, there's so much going on, and it's not, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in meeting to meet, you know, those type of things. Uh, That's not the case right now because it feels like um, things change so quickly. But we have a really good group on campus. Um, President Bodner has just, he's an outstanding leader. And I certainly would, I'm assuming people would expect the athletic director to say about his, his boss that he's an outstanding leader, but he really is and, and, and knows how to manage these things and he's got good people around him. And we have a, we have a, a, a college that's got a public health and community health um, program. We've got some experts on, right here on this campus that help us navigate some of those things too. So there's a lot of layers, Coulter, and I'll tell you, you talk about information coming from all different directions. That's no different from how I feel at times. So we just kind of plod through and, and make sure that we're checking uh, checking all of our boxes. And, and we have a health group on campus that took a look at our plan that gave us some good feedback. But we started working on this probably six weeks ago, really, um, and started to just to anticipate because we want to be ready to go when we can go. I bought stock in Sears, so I feel great. <laughs> I think it's going to go excellent for me. Uh, maybe maybe I'll work a couple more years on the back end. I don't know. Uh, I, I, hey, I bought stock in the rotary telephone, so uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's you, about where I'm at. We're, we're all together in that one. Kent Haslam joining us, the athletic director at the University of Montana. Especially now, right, it seems like because so much of what is happening on campus in general, certainly statewide, uh, is, is going to impact and be influential to what happens athletically and talking about the reconvening of classes if that's going to happen when that's going to happen and that but you you and 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 president bodner have had to have worked together you know closely anyways but maybe especially so during this time what has that partnership been like in that you know line of communication because i know you guys are in pretty constant contact at this point with one another right we are we are and and he's in constant contact with everybody we have um uh, I'm a member of the president's cabinet, and we 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 meet. Uh, we actually were meeting twice a day, uh, eight in the morning, and again at five fifteen. And actually, tonight's got canceled. Hence the reason I can jump on with you folks. Um, well, I thought you just said you put it off for us. I thought that was <laughs> well, the way. You know? Yeah, don't say that on the air. But uh, <laughs> but no, there there's there's a lot because when you think about. 
um, all that goes into operating a university and people coming from all different places. You, you're running a, a small city with everything from a police department to a, a ho- hotels to uh, restaurants to bookstores and retail spaces and athletic programs. You've got a full-on uh, campus rec gym. I mean, this is a pretty diverse and pretty um, interesting kind of city that you're operating within another city. And so that communication has to be um, spot on. And the way the Big Sky Conference is structured is that the President's Council um, really validates everything as it bubbles up to it. And so I've got to make sure that when it comes to topics that are key for the University of Montana, as we make changes, um, are communicated um, to him and making sure he's comfortable with them and grabbing him in between all the other things that he's trying to do, too. Ken Haslam joining us, University of Montana Athletic Director. This is the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And Ken, let's talk some football. We've been talking a lot of football in recent weeks because it's not only is it the biggest sport and the one that is the most um, consequential So I think all of us that work in sports, not only from just a visibility perspective, but also just from a financial perspective as well, uh, but also it's the next. I mean, it's the sport that is next, too, when you talk about fall camp opening up uh, in August. So... Um, First and foremost, tell us about an update as far as scheduling goes. We've heard from people around the around the Big Sky Conference, excuse me, that there might be opportunities to play schedules of, of availability, so to speak. I mean, maybe play teams that are from areas that have not been hit quite as hard by the pandemic. Uh, but there's also just thoughts of maybe playing games in-state. I, I don't know. Where, where are you guys at, and, and how difficult is it not really knowing? And is there ability to have a flexible schedule? Is that something that the, the league presidents and the league athletic directors have talked about? We have. We've talked a lot about it. And I, I would start off saying I've uh, I touched base first with our three um, non-conference opponents. And right now we're, we're planning to host Central Washington on September 5th, and they're planning to be here. Uh, the, the 14-day quarantine lift is a big deal, right? I joked with the athletic director at Moorhead State and, and Central Washington and said, I'm imagining you guys aren't going to come here for 14 days and wait before you play us. And <laughs> both of them said, well, you're going to be paying us a lot more money if that's the case. <laughs> um, but, but, and we're still planning. I talked to Kyle Motes at Missouri State and, and they're planning to, to have their games. And so those are, those are set right now. Now that, could, that can change. I get that's probably the most vulnerable part of the schedule only because you don't know when you start or how quickly you can go. I would also say another real vulnerable part of the schedule is the back end. And, you know, we got Grizz Cat looming out there on November, whatever day it is. You, uh, you know what it is, like the 18th, 20th, whatever it is. But that back end of the schedule, if you hit a resurgence, is another spot that's a little bit vulnerable as well. So we have talked about um, fluid schedules. We've talked about um, um, playing teams um, potentially, you know, and these are all just ideas. I don't want people to start, you know, thinking that this is what we're doing, but, you know, we, we could very well play a home and home with Idaho this year. We could very well play, uh, uh, we don't play Idaho State, we don't play Portland State, we don't play Weber State, we don't play UC Davis, but we, we could have a game that gets subbed out where it's another opponent. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. We play Cal Poly on September 26th. Idaho State hosts UC Davis. If California schools can't come out, does that mean that we work with Idaho State and try and get a game there? You know, those are all all topics. What we're what we're moving forward with is that we're obviously we've got to move forward with we're playing eleven games. 
and the dates that we've got home games are the dates we're planning to play. And so that's kind of how we're building our schedule or building our, our, our plan. Uh, it could very well be that what gets printed on your ticket uh, isn't who you come watch us play against. Um, but that's, that's all part of that, that discussion now as we sit here on, on May, whatever day it is today, 20th, um, as, we, as we look at a football schedule. The goal is to get uh, as many games as we possibly can. It's no secret here at Montana. Our home games are extremely valuable for us. They are revenue generators. We need to have six every year. Um, and so we, we, we've got to get to that spot where we play as many of those games as we can and play them at home. But I'll tell you, I think anything, um, anything is open right now. Along those lines, too, though, it's not just having the home games. It's having the home games with fans in the stadium. I mean, that's what, that's where the value yeah. comes from. And so where, again, obviously understanding that, that between now and September 5th, uh, a whole world of things could obviously take place and change and shift. But is there is are you also operating under the anticipation, the expectation that fans will be in the stadium? And if so, are we talking about a full boat of 26,000? Yeah, so um, I, I liken the plan. You know, someone asked me the other day, they said, gosh, what's it like to plan in this phase? And I said, well, let me give you an example. If I came to you and said, you plan a, plan your ideal family vacation, I can't tell you if it's going to be two days long, one week, two weeks, or a month, but I need you to plan your ideal vacation. Well, right. my ideal vacation, if it's a month, is a lot different than if it's two days. Yeah. And so that's kind of almost how we feel at this point in developing these scenarios. We've, 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 we've planned and projected revenues. Uh, if we play no game, if we play, if we don't, if we play football with no fans, that's a, you, you have all the expense, but, but no, none of your, your um, normal revenue. So no ticket revenue, that type of thing. And then you'd lose sponsorship revenue. So you, we got a plan to look for that. That's probably the, the most bleak plan because you don't have any revenue. Then you plan for, you know, a half full stadium. You plan for about a, like 30% full. Then you plan for a completely full. Um, so all these different, all these different scenarios and how we, how we pivot on each one of those is 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 what what the, um, are the keys are the keys to that is is how do you generate the revenue if you're half full if we're if we're at half full then you know we're down only about two and a half million only I say right. <laughs> you know, wow. in revenue yes. but you've got to you, you and, but then how do we how do we make that revenue up and we've talked about do you have an opportunity for expanded tailgates do you have an, an opportunity to to have a, a, a pay-per-view model? Do you have a, a, an opportunity to um, you know, do some other unique revenue generation? Do you open up, you've talked about opening the Adam Center and, and, and selling tickets where you can spread out and show it on the big screen and have access to food? You know, all those kind of things come into play as you start to, to, to look at that. But it is, that's the challenge. And um, that, that, certainly, that certainly is a challenge. And I know hope is not a strategy, but we hope we're playing. And, and uh, President Bodner continues to remind us to be realistic optimists. I think we have to be optimistic. Uh, we know it'll pass, but we have to be realists, too, and face what we're facing with right now. So if we were to play tomorrow, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we wouldn't be playing if it was May 21st if we were trying to play a football game. But we've got a few months to try and navigate through some of this. 
we've talked to some coaches and players around the league as well, and it seems as if everybody's on the same page in terms of willing to make sacrifices for maybe having an atypical, non-traditional season. But when it comes to just the actual competitive aspect of football specifically, but other sports in general too, because I know the Big Sky has made some tweaks to some of the other fall sports schedules and stuff, if by chance you are playing a schedule of an availability and, and you, you have to move a game with a California school, for example, and, and play a more of a traditional Big Sky school like Idaho State or something like that, is there has there been discussions about what the standings would look like? What are people playing for here? Is is there a Big Sky Conference championship to chase, or will that be something that just kind of gets put on the back burner during these confusing times? And I know you're on the FCS playoff committee too. So what are the yeah. postseason prospects of all of this? Oh well? boy, yeah, you know what? We're all competitive, you know, and, and it's it, it is hard to put put that aside. I get that on all these calls. You. You'll start to see people trend towards this. Well, how are we going to determine a champion? How? And it quickly comes back to, hey, if we're playing, we'll take that, right? Now, it's easy to say sitting here now and not, not having to think through, and I'm sure there will be some complaining if things aren't completely fair, and they they could very well come out of my mouth at that point, too. Who knows? <laughs> but right right now, it's let's, 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 we know equity, fairness is most likely gonna gonna have to take a little bit of of a back seat to just us getting back and getting playing we have had those discussions about um the fcs playoffs right now uh, i know the championship oversight committee of the ncaa is meeting today to talk a lot about fall sports so and we uh, i got got an email today from chad tolliver who's our director of championships that, re- that works with the football championship committee and he just he told us look there's going to be some a variety of ideas come out, nothing's set in stone, but for football, we're going to have to, you know, figure out uh, how we work through that as well. But uh, it could very well be that you, you know, again, these are just ideas. You, you, you shorten the, you shorten the bracket, you make the bracket 16 and get off one week. Um, maybe you try and do away with automatic bids and you just take, you know, the 16 best teams, match them up regionally. Um, there's, you know, there's some schools, think about this too. You've got schools that are playing uh, guarantee games. Some of them are playing two guarantee games. And let's say a, a school gets told by a, uh, by a Pac-12 school, look, we, we can play you the week of Thanksgiving and pay you that $700,000. And a school might say, look, that's more important to us than playing in the playoffs. We're going to opt out this year. So, you know, there's all these things that, that come into play, but certainly... Uh, first off, we want to just get back to competing, and and then second, I think we work through those. Uh, what are we playing for, and uh, and the and the championship thing? That I think those are secondary to getting schedules. Ken Haslam joining us, the athletic director at the University of Montana. And Ken, it's been a very tough, you know, couple of months for a lot of different reasons. But obviously, you know, when you make a decision to to make a change at a head coaching spot, that's a very difficult decision to come to, and especially, you know, the process that it was for women's basketball. But what was the thing to you, you know, in the process? When did you make the decision ultimately that you said, okay, I think we need to make a change and send this program in a different direction? Yeah, I mean, it. Those are, you're right, those are really, really difficult, agonizing decisions and, and ones that are not made without a lot of thought and then a lot of consideration of what the result will be from the decision that you make, um, either way. Um, and as I shared, you know, you both were on the, the press conference and I'm sure you, right. you played some of the, the my remarks then. Um Certainly over um, the, the couple of three weeks between the, the Boise uh, ending at Boise and then 
to when finally the decision was made. Uh, it, it, just again, just getting a better understanding of, of kind of what the the roster was going to look like. And so I don't know if I can pinpoint an actual date, um, but uh, those are those are those are decisions that are really tough. And and this one in particular, I I uh, I know um, certainly. Shannon means so much to this university and to the Lady Grizz program, and um, that that makes it even more agonizing. But I don't know if I can actually remember an actual date when that happened, but felt like uh, a, a change was needed. And then I know we took a long time to finally make a formal announcement from our side, and that was I, I've learned in this job that um, often um, transparency and privacy don't always match up in perfect time and so you're trying to balance both of those and and i know that that at times makes it look like you're you're not uh being decisive or doing certain things and those are easy uh critiques for people to make but there's a lot to consider when you when you make a decision like this ultimately though when you said okay we're going to do this. Who's the person that we, we want to have, you know, and, and, and take this program over. And you chose uh, coach Petrino to do that. What is, what is your uh, expectation? First of all, in terms of laying out, you know, what it is that you need from him and this staff for this forthcoming season. And then just your optimism about him as a coach, what, what gives him the skill set to be the one selected and be able to do this? Yeah, he, I've, I've watched Mike work and interact and coach for the last four years and, and have um, certainly, you know, even tracked his, his career when he was at Wyoming. Uh, the athletic director at Wyoming is a good friend of mine and, and, um, and Mike is well uh, connected into, into Montana. And uh, so he's no mystery or no, he, he knows, he knows what this state is. He knows the history of the Lady Grizz. Um, and my, my expectations really, uh, we have high expectations. I mean, we just do. And, um, and those expectations aren't limited to, um, on the court. That's one expectation that we have, you know, when it comes time to evaluate a coach, you evaluate in a myriad of places. We are, a we are, a, we are a business where you open, uh, up and see who won and you count how many times they won and you count how many times they lost. I, I, that's part of it, but there's also many other facets to it that Mike is, uh, he's an excellent motivator. I think, um, you've seen, he's a, he's an outstanding recruiter. Uh, he does not, he's fearless and, uh, does not, uh, not scared to go anywhere he needs to go to try and get better and find the right fits for the lady Grizz. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I understand, um, Certainly, there there was this kind of a transition um, puts a bit of a, a, a it makes it difficult um, for him to establish you know long term goals. I, I get that people are going to ask him, well, you you're only here for a year for sure, so what are your plans after? But I've been impressed with his um, his desire to recruit beyond what would be considered you know his guaranteed end date if that if that makes sense right. he's he's looked beyond that date and i loved his analogy that he does not see himself as a as a substitute teacher that's coming in to just implement a curriculum from somebody else he's, he's coming in and, and establishing what he wants to do and and coaching this thing like it's the last job he'll ever have and so i appreciate that about him i appreciate uh, yeah, how well he communicates and, and his vision and his plan. And, and, um, and, and I understand that, um, um, that, that it'll be a unique year this year, but I'm, I'm excited for what we, 
for what we invest in in women's basketball and and what we're doing with improving cost of attendance and doing those type of things for in particular women's basketball i'm i'm excited for what this what this can become and and uh, certainly recognize those who came before uh, that laid the groundwork as, as coaches and as players, and, and, and it's, a, it's a valuable, treasured um, piece of this university. There's no doubt about it. Last question on the Lady Grizz front. On that note, I mean, Robin Selvig built such an amazing program at the University of Montana. His 38 years there, 845 wins, and dozens and dozens of banners hanging at Dahlberg Arena. And it's like Ryan and I have talked about, uh, throughout all of sports, when you have to follow in the steps of a legend like Coach Selvig, you know, whoever comes after Tom Landry or Don Shula or Vince Lombardi, they have impossible shoes to fill. And I think a lot of that was a factor uh, with Shannon Schwinn taking over because then she was such a visible member of the Lady Grizz family already as well. It's such a hard task for anybody, especially someone of her prowess and reputation. But now that we're four years removed from Coach Selvig and it's a, a new start under Mike Petrino, what do you think of that dynamic? Just the fact that now he's not having to re- replace Coach Selvig. Now maybe there is a little bit, I don't want to say less pressure because there's always pressure to win when you have a premier program like the Lady Grizz. But uh, it seems as if there's a fresh start now here, um, maybe maybe a new voice in the locker room. So what do you think of just moving forward, uh, given what the past has been for the Lady Grizz? Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Um, you, you, you said it better than I could say it, probably, but it, it really is... Um, there, 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 there is a change, and uh, there's no doubt that that college basketball has changed tremendously. Both women's and men's basketball has has changed tremendously in those years um, since Robin started, uh, which you know was a long time ago. Um, and even since he has left, it, it really has changed. And you started, I mean, the transfers and transfer portal and international development and you know all those type of things. It, it expands out what what your reach has to be, um, and so I I I know that uh, Mike brings brings with him and his staff as well this you know, this idea of kind of expanding out the the stakes of of the tent and kind of trying to to to, to bring in players from wherever they can be that can be successful here socially and academically and certainly athletically. So uh, I look I look forward to to what happens and and I look forward to to him. Um, leading and look forward to working with him. Kent, last question for you. Kent Haslam joining us, athletic director of the university. I want to talk on the men's basketball side. Uh, Travis DeCure obviously has had this program rolling now for several years, done an outstanding job, and this year in particular uh, has an unbelievable amount of talent coming in from all over the place. I mean, from recruiting to grad transfers to regular transfers to guys coming off, sitting out a year and so on and so forth. And for him, you know, we spoke about how important the summer is to go out there and be able to play basketball with the group to assess basically what what you know who, who what they're going to have to do because they have so much talent to kind of get through and we have a bunch of regulations to try and sort out as well at the same yeah. time i would imagine that i mean i know that you guys have talked but does he come to you and say man I don't know how it's got to happen, but we got to have this time to get together to figure this thing out because this is a big off-season of assessment, it seems like, for the men's basketball program. And how how much push is there to say, can we figure out a way that we could play some basketball in a gym somewhere, please? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I am so ready to have coaches doing something other than um, calling me to ask how right. they're going. <laughs> yeah, <I'll bet. laughs> right? I mean, the coaches are wired to just be 
just ready to go. Do their thing, and, yeah. And uh, what are you hearing, Kent? What's going on? What's going on? And, and Travis is no different than any of the other ones in our department, and that's what I so appreciate about him. But um, I'm ready to have them pivot to what their real job responsibilities are, and that's coaching and recruiting and motivating. Um, and, and it'll happen. It'll happen. And I, and I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but uh, it's kind of like kind of like having your kids home from school like I've got right now. They're just kind of, let's go, you know. And, and But... Um, uh, yes, uh, the, the one thing that's unique about this is that everyone's facing the exact same thing. Right. So it's not like Montana is falling behind somebody else because everyone's managing this in, with the same regulations. And so, um, you know, Duke and Stanford and Montana State and Idaho State and Idaho, we're all kind of say all of us are chomping at the bit ready to go and trying to figure through these things but certainly this this situation this pandemic that we're in i do think sets back some of that talent development that was that was done in the summer i, I mean i know you guys have you both have quoted you know bobby howick you can't he can't simulate throwing lifting weights he can do a thousand push-ups which i can't do a thousand but <laughs> bobby might be able you to can't, you can't simulate that and you can't simulate what is done in the summer with these student yeah. athletes as well. So I, I, I do see that as being something that is starting. Um, we'll, we'll set things back. We'll take a little bit longer for, for them to get back. But um, our coaches are really good, and they're great recruiters. Our student athletes are focused and working hard, and, and we'll get them back here. Um, Trav typically gets uh, student athletes back here towards the tail end of June, and, get, and they get into summer school. And so that's still the plan for us as well. Kent, we'll get you out of here on this. I know that there's a lot of people listening right now to this show just that are big-time Grizz supporters and that would love to, to know ways they can help. So is there ways that people can can help you guys right now? I mean, I know that probably renewing season tickets for football is a, a big step for people, regardless of if, you know, the uncertainty that remains for football season. But what, what else can people do to help the University of Montana Athletic Department right now? You nailed it right now. Renew renew your season tickets. We just sent out a survey to all of our season ticket holders, uh, you know, thousands of them, and, and trying to gauge where they are, what they're doing. The response has been really good. Uh, we extended our deadline, so I think that's pushed some people back from actually renewing, but the renewals are coming well. But renewing those season tickets, if we don't play, we'll have options to refund or to donate that or to um, push, push it to your 2021 um uh, season ticket package. So renewing those, helping us get a gauge on who's who's in, regardless of kind of how this looks. The next other thing, we're actively um, actively fundraising. Now it's being done in a different way, uh, but we spend a lot of time on the phone a lot of time on Zoom calls, sharing the message of what we need and, and what, what is important for us. And the response has been really good. We're, we're missing our spring tour right now. Right now, I'd be in, I'd be in Sydney, Montana today uh, and on, my, on the way to Billings tomorrow. And so we're, we're, we're reaching out to folks and telling them, hey, look, we, we still need that help. And we know people are faced with a lot of uncertain times too. But really, it's, it's renewing your season tickets, renewing your Grizzly Scholarship Association memberships, um, you know, supporting us in unrestricted or scholarship funds are probably are probably the very best way right now. And and uh, and I have great faith in in our in our fan base. I have great faith in the people who support us. And and uh, and I know they'll they'll be there. Well, Kent, we certainly appreciate you coming on here, taking the time, being very generous with your time. I know the thing you were looking forward to most was another extended phone call, and uh, so we're happy to provide that for you uh, on this day. 
Anytime. I, I look forward to it. Yeah, there's plenty going on. I'm happy to come on whenever you would like. And I cannot believe that. I, I got to clarify. Have we got one more minute? Sure. Well, I've sure. got all the time you want. I got one thing I, I've got to just get off my okay. chest. <laughs> Michael Jordan pushed off Brian Russell. Oh, no. <laughs> From Anyone the heart who was of living Salt in Lake. Utah in 1998 yes. like I was. Right. You know what? David, David Stern was probably in on it. So, I mean, I get that he had to hit the shot, but he totally pushed him off. The Major D thing on Bob. I mean, come on. And the pizza wasn't poisoned. It wasn't poisoned. I believe you on half of that. I don't buy the pizza story. Uh, the rest, I don't know. I'm sensing a slight bias here on this for some reason. Uh, Kent, oh. we appreciate your time yep. very much. Thanks a lot. We'll catch up again soon, all right? All right, anytime. Thanks, guys. Ken Haslam, Athletic Director of the University of Montana, the subject of our ESPN roundtable this week. Appreciate that. Uh, is There's just... A lot of ground to cover. I mean, we could we could do a, probably a week's worth of shows with Ken in terms of all the things that are going on. Oh, that to, are I mean, totally. We, I mean, we prepared uh, questions and we got through about half of them yeah, because yeah. We, I mean, because there's there is so much to talk about. But I appreciate Ken for coming on because um, as we've spoken about, the uncertainty is the hardest part of this entire situation, right. and just information that is tangible, real, solid information. So much of the virus stuff is it's so skewed. This, what we're talking about here, the plan of action is not. This is real, tangible information. When you say skewed, you just mean like ambiguous. Right, it's just right. ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's how do you determine, I mean, how do you know about a, a act of nature? You don't. Sure. You don't. But sure. the the logistics and the financials and all of that for athletic departments, particularly in towns like Missoula and Bozeman, it's so important because they are such gigantic economic engines. So I appreciate Kent coming on and providing us information like yep. he just did because yep. uh, I think it does ease a lot of the uncertainties that people have around the community. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, if you'd like to call, I actually wrote trivia questions. I did it. So you give us a call, 361-3688, 361-3688. If you'd like some uh, wings to the Desperado, we can do that uh, right after this. The ESPN Roundtable is presented by our friends at Paradise Falls, and Coulter Paradise Falls is open and has the square footage to get all the distancing that you need while still enjoying 18 beers on tap. Morning, noon, and night, breakfast, lunch, dinner. They got the whole thing. Late happy hour. I mean, they're getting, they're hitting all, they're hitting all the bases to make the the, the sports metaphor. And they always have hearty lunch and dinner specials as well. And uh, the brand new menu out there, Paradise Falls, could be a great place to go watch that Phil and Tiger, Peyton and Tom match. That's right, the it, match on Sunday. It's one of the best places in town to watch sports. We haven't been able to go watch sports down there in a long time, but I'm sure they'll have it on there on Sunday. And uh, like you said, a early and late happy hour. Monday through Sunday at Paradise Falls, and that late happy hour Monday through Thursday, half-price drinks, $3 beers, half-price appetizers, so head on down to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Wing it Wednesday, 361-3688. We'll do it next.